You're now listening to Chris Spiracy. Chris X Matt. We question everything. Break the matrix. We are the ones they fear. If we don't make the change, it's never going to change. Yo, 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 what's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Chris Spiracy. I am your host, Chris X Matt. There's many Chris's out here, but there's only one Chris X Matt, and that is me. That is I. Thank you so much for tuning in to another session where we continue to break the matrix. I'm all for dismantling this current matrix. I'm all for alternative thinking. I'm all for looking at this whole thing a different way than what we're taught to look at it from. And today we're definitely going to do some more matrix breaking. I haven't had this topic on the show yet. I'm excited because it's a big, I already know, I know what type of time it is. I understand what they're trying to do. I, I see the bigger picture of, of Western practices and Western medicine and all that. And, um, you know, women go through crazy, crazy trauma just dealing with hospital birth and just dealing with the medical field here and the industry and the, our guest today is just gonna is gonna break all that. We're gonna talk all that doula, um, the doula shit. We're gonna talk birth trauma. We're gonna talk just different alternative ways of going about it. You know, maybe you're not hip to a lot of this information. Maybe you have no idea. I don't know where you stand on this, or maybe it's just more information that can help you out in your journey. I don't know, but I'm excited for this episode. And like I said many times on this show, I do I do these episodes for me. I love learning on my own show, and if someone else can learn from it, that's just the plus. That's just the extra. That's the cherry on top. But these are really for my educational purposes, for my educational purposes. And I always reach out to guests that I can learn from, and I, w- I really want to have a conversation with. And um, I've been following this person for a while already, for a minute. And I I have finally reached out. We had set something up, but it didn't fall through. But now we here, we here, and I'm excited. Um, and there's a, there's a big community of them, too. There's a lot of women that are now, in, uh, you know, pursuing this type of path and this journey. You know, I do want to talk to even this. There's this one, um, one uh, doula called a cannabis, heal, a cannabis doula or cannabis healer. And I just want to know what the, what the what is the pros of doing cannabis while you are pregnant. Because my cousin, my cousin be, be asking me that. She be yeah. asking me, like, yo, you know, is it, like, she feels guilty that she still be hitting the bong sometimes just because it helps with her morning sickness and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm not here to tell you how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I'm not a woman. I don't know how you be feeling. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. But I don't know if there's like cons to it or pros to it. I really don't know. And I'm just assuming there's pros to it because, you know, yeah. weed is just beneficial overall if you're not really abusing it, right? Mm-hmm. I abuse it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we I, I, I just smoke <laughs> up, you know. I recently chilled out, but I've been kind of getting back to my ways. And I'm kind of like, you know, you got to relax, bro. Yeah. You got to relax. <laughs> But um yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for the episode today. But, I'm bef- but before we introduce our guest, Amy, we mm-hmm. here. It's Thanksgiving. Yes, it's Thanksgiving. I don't yeah. know how you feel about Thanksgiving. I don't really look at it like oh, um, I don't really look at it as a festivity type of thing. I look kind of look at it more just like meet up with family, exactly. eat, feast, Chill. yeah, good vibes, <laughs> good you know. Vibes, yeah. It's just like you know, it's just a, it's like a ritual. But I understand the meaning behind it isn't isn't um, it is. It is how do you say it isn't? Uh, how do you say it? It's not. What we're taught to believe yes, that what it is, you know, definitely. and the whole even the whole idea of giving thanks on one day, like we should be giving thanks all the time, twenty four seven. You should be thankful definitely. at all times. So, um, so I was surprised that my guest would be like down to do it on Thanksgiving, but then I remember, like, you know, just based off her brand and her page, I'm like, yeah, she don't give a fuck about no Thanksgiving. <laughs> 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 like, she, these type of people, they're like, man, man, fuck all that. Yeah. So, 
I'm appreciative of that. I'm appreciative of you. You're here again, handling the boards. We, of course. Hey, yo, if you listen to last week's episode, like, yeah, sound is a hiccup, okay? It is what it is. <laughs> Are we learning? Me, Amy's just, she's fresh on we board, and we just, we're just we just creating the sound, and we're, eventually it's going to be iller than all you guys' sound. I don't care what nobody tells hey. me. Like, we're going to have that sound. Yeah, let's go. And um, it just takes time, and we'll get there. We'll get the sound correct. But Definitely. Um, she, we polished it up a little bit. It sounds a little bit better, so go, go tap in. If you're on the Apple Podcast, just be careful because you kind of have to refresh fresh it and all that and yeah, it, takes, it takes a minute to get mm-hmm. to work on there but soundcloud is already rocking it's good it's good on there and real quick uh since it is thanksgiving day this episode's not coming out on thanksgiving though but since it is thanksgiving day and if you're hearing this now i'm gonna leave the the price of the shirts uh still at the at 28 dollars. so if you go on conspiracy.com you can copy your shirt they're 28 dollars uh we dropped them for black friday and we're just gonna i'm just gonna leave them there you know everyone have fun with those cop for people whatever if you support the show Thank you. That's the best way to support and help put money into my pockets that are eventually going to Amy's pockets. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bag of terriers. That's what I posted the other day. <laughs> oh, man. But what do you have any, like, uh, what do you do for Thanksgiving? How was your Thanksgiving since we're all in the future, I guess, now? Yeah. <laughs> what are you well, doing today? <laughs> here, for sure. Just chilling and, you know, just going to kick it with the fam, be with the fam. Um, it's cool to just get everybody together. We're... St- so busy everyone's yeah. always doing everything we're all working we're all have you know everyone's got their thing going on so um just to be able to kick it with my family and be together i'm super happy about it it's just crazy how like how you say we're all we're all busy but we wait for one day out of the year that's I man-made know. that like why are we doing it on just thanksgiving day like why can't that one day that we all meet up be a random random day saturday in the yeah. throughout the year you know but it's so that's crazy true. how we're conditioned to Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Let's let's do something festivities. Let's, let's link up with family. This is like probably the only time a lot of people do link up with their families. Yeah. So I mean, it's like <laughs> chilling, chilling in the sala with your your makeup all done and shit. In <laughs> <laughs> the sala. <laughs> like literally karaoke yeah, shots like, and you shit. Know, like, just it's a turn drunk. up. It's yeah, a turn it up. It's a turn up. up. It is a turn up. That's facts. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not with family. You know, my family's on the up, opposite side. They're in the in Florida, South Carolina. So. I'll be feeling lonely during the holidays because I'll be on social and seeing everybody, you know, gathered up and feasting and celebrating and all that. But this year I've been, you know, I got a second job, so I've just been really tired. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing nothing today. I'm just in a pod. Once this pod's done, we're going to eat. I bought food, a lot of food for myself. Hell yeah. I'm that person. I bought a lot of food. I ain't trying to really share, you know, like yeah. you came through. And so now nah, you came through, though. So but I'm not hitting people <laughs> up like, yo, I got the food link up and all that. Nah, yeah. I kind of want my peace and quiet today. I don't want to deal with, with all that. I got to wake up early, do that Black Friday bullshit and um, like not go out and participate, but indulge in the employee side of things. That's just crazy, <laughs> It's my bro. first time ever doing this, so I don't know how it's going to go. Oh, I'm excited. Wow. I'm excited to see how, how it is. <laughs> but enough of Thanksgiving. We like hope, Hopefully everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, of course. Hopefully everyone enjoyed their day. Again, ChrisBercy.com. Go buy you a shirt. Black Friday prices are still valid. And the best way to support the show would be to buy a shirt and also go on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, leave a comment, rate it. I don't care if it's one star. I don't care if you're dissing me. I don't care. You're indulging. You're engaging. I'll take it. It ain't. I, I don't get all in my feelings because someone said, I don't like the way you sound sometimes. You're stuttering. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. There's so many other podcasts you can I listen to. A There's a lot of podcasts you can listen to. <laughs> but shout out to all my guests that really be tapping in and, t- and, and, and accepting the invitation. And that just put that trust in me. It was like, you know, what? I'm a rock with this with this kid and to see what what see what he has to offer and nine times out of ten the the guest is usually always like cool you know that was that was solid thank you you know just thank you for just 
inviting me on and having the conversation. And like I said, I'm excited for. Today. I do this for me. I don't really do it for the audience, but yeah. if the audience w- takes something from it, then we both win. It's a win-win. Facts. Facts. So I think we're ready to bring our guest in. I think I, I, I'm, I'm excited. Let's do it. Um, she goes by her Instagram name is Royal Mothering. I don't really know her name like that. I don't want to mispronounce it, so we're just gonna let her her let her tell us. All right. So today on Conspiracy, we're joined by the great Royal Mothering. I'm just gonna say it like that. How you doing today? Hey. Yeah, you can call me Royal Mothering. I'll respond to that. That's a uh, amazing. Just name. I think I, I slid in your DMs and was like, what's up, royal mother? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're... <laughs> For real. How you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. So my name is Menorah, and I go by Sangeet. So Menorah. you can call me Sangeet. Mm-hmm. You can call me Sangeet. You can call me Menorah, royal mothering. I'll respond to all three. No worries. Nice. Thank you. And you are joining us today on on turkey day and like i said earlier i would assume you're not into all these type of days and holidays i could be wrong how you feel about how you feel about it all you know um my initiation into becoming a mother um i definitely have to take myself a lot more seriously because i'm responsible i feel the weight of the responsibility of raising you know the my son mm-hmm. or the next generation of my ancestors, mm. right? And I consider myself to be a disruptor. So I, I'm still kind of be coming into my own. I'll say like my family um, right now, they've moved to Virginia from New York. And so everyone's gathering here and we do the annual Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but every passing year, I'm like, this is bullshit. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? So I am slowly starting to, you know, decolonize Thanksgiving in my family by, you know, when we're doing our prayer, right? Because my mom's super Catholic, so she'll do the whole like prayer in a formal way, which I'm not down with. I think that that's a colonized concept, Mm -hmm. you know, Catholicism, but I'll let her rock. And then I'll say, Oh, I'd like to add something like this. My last year was the first time. And I say, and I want to give thanks for, you know, the native Americans whose land was stolen and that we currently, you know, occupy. It got a little weird in the room, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, I had, I, I, I just had to, put it out there like I don't feel comfortable just fully conforming and acting like it isn't like you said it's a ritual but it's a ritual for what right to commemorate what the death of the original people of this land Mm. so let's talk about that first you know you said you're a disruptor what do you mean by disrupting and what's your take on just the holiday season yeah so I consider myself a disruptor because I tend to be um, mentally or in the decisions I make in my life, very different from that of my family. Mm -hmm. So I'm with the shits. I'll meet with my family (laughs) on Thanksgiving and I'll have a good meal and I'll see people that I haven't seen in a while. Um, But last year was the first year that I took myself more seriously and I decided to disrupt the conversation around Thanksgiving with my family. Um, after my mom said her, you know, 
colonized um, religious prayer. I said, and I also want to thank the original people of this land whose whose land was stolen and which we are benefiting from still to date. It's kind of like, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, things got really weird. Like people got silent, like, oh, here she goes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm that person. That's what I mean. Like I'm a disruptor. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, and then I was saying, I, I have a six-year-old son, so I have to take myself a lot more seriously as he becomes older and starts to understand um, social norms that mm. he will then pass on. Mm. You know, I have mm. to think about, I'm homeschooling him as well. So in, in school, they would they draw, you know, Indians and in pre-K, they did that. And I, and I wrote back to the school and I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And why are you misinforming my son? And but now that I'm homeschooling him, I can definitely own what is it that I want to teach him about this holiday. So, um, yeah, I hope to be doing a lot more of that as as he grows and as I step into owning that I am in the driver's seat of fully educating him on everything, including Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's kind of like like we like they're just mocking us and we're celebrating um, a massacre, really, honestly. And um, but do you find it hard to just try to deprogram yourself from including yourself with family, even though you do think it's a, a different type of way? Like, do you find it hard, like just being there? Because you said you feel sometimes like it, it's all fake. So is it kind of like I got to be here or I don't really want to be here? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you deal with it? How do you break off? Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Yo, we about to get into it today. We about to break the matrix, Amy. Like we were, we were already starting off talking about Thanksgiving, but that was a good. That's a good point that you made. Yeah, like you, you're in, you're in control of the the season. So, I mean, I do not find it difficult. I see it as an opportunity to see people that I typically don't engage with mm. in my family. Like I said, my my mom's family's moved to from New York to Virginia. So I'm in Virginia right now. So it's because of this holiday that we all have collaborated to to meet and break bread. Um, but I do think that at the minimum, I can take the time to acknowledge that it's a holiday that was originally created from an oppression that we're still suffering from today. Yeah. Yeah, it gets tricky. It gets tricky when you don't want to participate in all the in all the programming and just deprogramming yourself. It's a whole it's a whole it's relearning yeah. everything. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw I saw a post um on the internet streets, which is what I call it in Instagram. <laughs> okay. On the internet streets, it, it was suggesting ways in which you can de- further decolonize Thanksgiving. And I think it's a little bit too soon for my son but i like the concept of fasting through the day mm. to mourn the true holiday mm. and then at the end of the fast coming together to celebrate a resilience so you know you can say there's no way to decolonize this holiday but at this point in the game i think we can do what we can to 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 disrupt the the just the the branding around it. 
Yeah, we could definitely change the intention behind it. I like that. I like that fasting in honor of those and then coming together because it is powerful when you come together and all your family is, you're synchronizing that same day to link up and making the effort to make the travels and get all together. And when you're that many people are coming together and everyone's having a good time, yeah, there might be some drama, maybe some things that may be unsettled, but for the most part, people are making the effort to meet up with people, even if they don't even like them, just because we don't want to be by ourselves on the, on the holidays. So it is powerful. I like that. I like that idea. I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. And also this, this year is a little more difficult for me because I've chosen medical autonomy and to not vaccinate myself. And my mom has chosen the same, but we're two, the only two in our whole family that have not. Um, and some people have said that they don't even want to come to dinner because we're not vaccinated and they don't want to be around us. So, um, it's getting a lot more, you know, society is like turning up the volume on mm. so many pressures that as conformed as I maybe was around, uh, around being around people who I consider family, it's a good time for me to also sit back and be like, yo, just cause somebody's family doesn't mean I have to keep up with the shits. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't have the same values, but. I didn't even think about that. The, 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 jack, the vaccinations. I didn't even think about how that's going to apply this year. Cause we didn't have this last holidays. They weren't out yet. So now this right. is, this is a, yeah, damn, damn. I'm yeah. so blessed. I'm so blessed that I don't, I'm I don't know. My family doesn't care. I don't know if they are or they're not vaccinated, but I, no one's told me you can't come over because I'm not vaccinated, you know? So I don't know if I'm blessed. My whole family isn't. My immediate family, they're not. My mom's dad, siblings, grandma, they ain't with the shits either. But I didn't even think about that. I'm staying inside. I said more reason to stay inside. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, so I think as, I think what COVID has done is like out people on their belief systems um people who you like i said were comfortable being around um it's like when you have a child yeah. you know you no longer want to be around that friend that only wants to you know party do things that aren't conducive like you got shit to do you have a whole family to raise so it's the same with covid it's just made things more apparent and you know i feel has aligned me to my tribe Cause on my page, it's like, yes, I, I talk a lot about birth trauma and about birthing as a, as a woman in this country, but I don't mince my words when it comes to the harm that I believe is taking place with the vaccination of ultimately at this point, next year, we'll, we'll be talking about how this has affected our children, right? Because mm -hmm. now it's being approved for children. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, man. Well, that's a, good, that's, a good, that's a good way to segue out of, you know, the holidays and Thanksgiving. You, you know, you talked about uh, uh, birthing trauma and just, I know you're, you're a big advocate about, you know, defunding hospitals. And um, yeah. just the, the trauma that comes with having a baby in a hospital. And some women aren't, don't, aren't probably not even conscious of, you know, the trauma that's being you know, they're being exposed to, um, damn, what, how was it, how was I going to word this? How, where did, when did you step, first of all, how did you step into this journey? Where, where was your awakening point where you said, you know what, like most of, most of the time when women go through post, uh, 
postpartum is because of some trauma. When did you start realizing it is the hospitals? Maybe we got to switch things up. How did you step into that knowledge? So for me, birth is an initiation. That's how I see the paradigm of birth. And so for me, when I stepped into the role of becoming a mother, I experienced things in the birth room that were very unsettling um, to me emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And I, I learned that women aren't talking about the egregious things happening in the labor rooms and hospitals. And so in I first stepped into the career of a birth worker and noticed I didn't say doula. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Whoa, right? hold on. But, Amy, I told you we had a doula on the show today. She's telling me she's not. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Thank you. All yeah. Right. Yeah. So I stepped into a career as a birth worker because I felt that I learned so much that I could help someone else not have to suffer through the things that I did mm. for lack of not knowing the extent to which things were happening. The harm was, is happening in hospitals for, for women of color, especially black women. hundred percent. So that's how I, I got into this career myself. Over time, I saw that most women were still choosing hospitals, even when I shared with them the truths. Mm. And so at that point, I said, well, women aren't listening to my warnings of what's happening in the hospitals. They're still, most of them are still going for many reasons, but the most of the births are still happening in hospitals today. And so I said, that means translation that most of them will walk away with birth trauma. That means I probably can reach and help heal more people mm. um, if they're already going to go through it, regardless, to transmute their birth trauma um, towards their healing. That's powerful. So that's how I became um, a birth trauma practitioner. But I did start as what I used to call myself a doula too. Okay. So what I learned and why I don't call myself a doula is that the term comes from Greece, from the Greek language. And the term doula means slave. Wow. And so when we talk about, yeah, it literally means a slave. Wow. Mm -hmm. I stay calling like people, you know, people that do birth, home births and all that. I stay saying doula, but damn. Yeah. So um, if, you know, on this podcast, decolonizing birth, right? Uh -huh. These conversations, we need to understand when you call me doula, whether I am aware consciously or not, I'm affirming that I am enslaved. And when we talk about to who, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the harm that's happening in hospitals and where most doulas operate is in hospitals. We are essentially slaves to the medical industrial complex. Wow. And women hire doulas to be their gatekeepers to help them emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Mm -hmm. Yet they don't understand that they're also hiring most likely someone who, who just will continue to function within the oppression that happens in these hospitals. Wow. Yeah. Continuing it on. So there's really no difference between a doula and a nurse. There's a, I want to say there's levels to the shit that happens mm -hmm. in the hospitals. Okay. And 
you know, doulas, um, they do what they can. But again, in the master's house are the master's rules Mm. at the end of the day. Mm. So my message here for all women, it's always, if you are low risk, right? If you don't have diabetes, hypertension, um, there's several things that are, that are, would consider you high risk. But if you are considered low risk at the beginning of your pregnancy, then the safest place for you to be is at home. Wow. With a, with a midwife, not in a hospital. So when we talk about decolonizing birth is starting, let's start from that understanding because that's not debatable. So yeah, there really is level. So what does, what does the midwife do? What's her responsibilities? So a birth worker or previously known as doula, they are a non-medical staff to you. They're like um, a more an emotional, spiritual, maybe physical, even support during labor. But a midwife is a more medically oriented profession. So they will do the vitals. They will, um, they will do all the medical procedures for you at home. Mm. Mm. So we work together in. Yeah. Traditionally, midwives used to do all of that. But in this country, we stole, right? We're talking about Thanksgiving and stealing land. (laughs) In this country, we stole the knowledge, the wisdom of birth from midwives. We gave it to OBs, which are traditionally white men. And so we took away the component of being with women and caring for them, not only their bodies, you know, medically, but also emotionally, um, physiologically, uh, spiritually. We took that away. That went away. And so what doulas or birth keepers um, role is to kind of help supplement what in that cold medical system is lacking from the traditional midwifery model. This should get deep. (laughs) Man. So the, so and OBs are the, what are the, what is the role of the OB? So most women are giving birth in hospitals and most hospitals hire obstetricians, which are OBs for the medical care of pregnant people. And you said, but you said, so OBs, but you said it's mostly white men. It's mostly white men. Yeah. Like any other medical profession. What? Why the hell do they have um men helping a, a woman with, like during that time? My, I know you it's on know, purpose. Know I know it's on purpose, but I ask myself the same things. Um, as a woman, I ask myself like, how do we get here? And I think is that we normalize um in well women care. Like before we even get pregnant, we normalize um going to men. GYNs. GYN, oh. Gynecological doctors. We normalize seeing men as it relates to our vaginas. Yeah. You know? So it's like when it comes to birth, you know, the white man always knows best, right? That's (laughs) that's the programming. That's the programming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to sit there and talk about disrupting and be like, why would I let? this man that don't have my parts 
Yeah. Tell me about my parts. He doesn't know how it feels when that, you know, apparatus goes into my vagina. He he doesn't know. Why why would I? It doesn't make, make it make sense. It doesn't make and a lot sense of these, to me. A lot of these doctors are perverts too, right? There's that. You have to ask yourself, what's the motive of a man in Bru- that medicine? <laughs> There's no other explanation to me. You have to be yeah. type of creep if you're really try, just trying to look at women all day and telling them like, it's sick out here. It's sick. It's sick. And I seen I, this, mean, I seen this post that you that you did that says um that birth should be uh birthing is tribal, and the pictures you have yeah. surrounding like just the pictures you were putting that on is I never looked at it like that. But we're taught women are taught to go through all this shit by themselves, by mm-hmm. themselves. And talk about, again, going back to COVID, what COVID did, and talk about how COVID has brought us into alignment with the people you surround yourself with and the values of the people that you keep. In COVID times, women were made to birth without their birth worker, without their partners, completely alone. Yeah, yeah. Because, hello, why? Because hospitals are where sick people go. And um, public service announcement, Pregnancy is not a medical event. It happens undisturbed. If you are low risk, it belongs out of hospitals. Wow. Wow, the programming, the white man. And I don't want to make this. <laughs> a, I don't want to make it a race thing, but it's just that. It's just the the small the small percentage of people that run this fucking world, that run this game, the system. They disguise as white people. It is what it is. And they, they, I don't know what they really are, but it's just crazy. And, and when I say, and when I say the white man, it's also beyond like the white colored yeah. male. It's like, again, obst- obstetrics as a science is something that was stolen from black and indigenous traditional midwives. So even if I'm a black woman or I'm a Latina woman or I'm an indigenous woman, I am learning from a lens of a colonizer. Mm, there it is right there. Yep. It doesn't matter my color. It doesn't even if I go to a black OB, guess who she was trained by? By the medical industrial complex. Yep. That's why I hate when people be like, well, how are you going to, how are you not going to trust a doctor? Because that doctor got the wrong info. Like, Yeah. They, they're not trained to, to do, to see birth as a natural thing. When we talk about, an OB, an OB is a surgeon, okay? Mm-hmm. It's like when you have dental issues, um, you can go to a hygienist to clean your mouth or you can go to a surgeon, like an oral surgeon. Mm. But if you go to an oral surgeon, they're going to look for reasons for why you need surgery. If you go to the hygienist, she's just going to keep it to cleaning your mouth. So we're go. Most women are low risk, and they're going to OBs. But OBs are trained surgeons, so when they see an issue come up in birth, the only way they know to most likely troubleshoot is to call it or sur- a need for surgery. You're going to a surgeon. You're gonna get surgery, boo. What are you expecting? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, and don't take my word for it. The um, most women are getting C sections, and if you've had a C section, you probably have experienced birth trauma. But 
that's being overused. You know, the World Health Organization says only about 10% of C-sections are deemed truly medically necessary. But if you look at the C-section rate of the hospital that you're probably considering giving birth at, you're going to see that they're 30, 40, and 50%. And what, in, in, the, in the system's eyes, what is the point of doing a C-section? Like, I know it's harmful, it's not the right way, but how, how do they try to justify that bullshit? Yeah, so it's called the cascade of interventions. And, you know, the first intervention is walking into the hospital, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from putting an IV on to choosing or agreeing to an induction, which is what they're liking to do these days in the hospitals, increases your chances of a C-section. So basically walking in is an intervention and already your chances of having one exist. So a lot of these these women don't really need to be getting C-sections. They just be lying. They be lied to and they obviously they believe the doctor. Basically. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I can sit with a woman and who's had a C-section and hear her birth story and literally poke holes through why it was what I call an unnecessarian. Mm, an unnecessarian. And, mm-hmm. what, and what do women typically tend to deal with after that type of uh, surgery, after C-section? What type of complications Um, do they see? Reinfection of the wound. So every layer of your body is cut. The skin, the tissue, the fat, the muscle, every layer. And we're not calling it what it is. It's abdominal surgery. So we say, oh, well, you know, you need to get a C-section because if you don't, your baby's going to die or whatever. These are the things they say to women to scare them into them in the, you know, that very vulnerable moment. But if you can imagine what it's like to be cut at every layer on your belly while you're having to care for yourself and your newborn. <sighs> Women, shout out to y'all, man, for real. <sighs> That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate as yeah. fuck. I didn't even look at it so like that. that. Leads me, so that leads me to, okay, well, most women are getting C-section, most women are having to face interventions in hospitals. Um, they've chosen that. So what, whether consciously or subconsciously, yeah. they've chosen that. So that tells me what I've learned is that although I could sit here and shit talk hospitals till the day that, you know, life ends, but I also have seen how birth trauma is an opportunity for us to heal very deeply. Mm. Mm. And do you do you do you find your, do a lot of women find you do you see a lot of women coming your way after experiencing? Has, has there has ever been a woman that you told like yo you shouldn't be going down that route but they still did it and they came back and was like I actually need your help now? Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Wow. And, and you're not a I told you so person. Or you what? Do, how do you go about it? I don't need to. I'm on my page every day talking about it, warning about it. Um, But I don't think the I told you so it's helpful because there's, I didn't, like I said, for me, 
I didn't know the extent of this for my birth with my son, but I did have my birth worker tell me, please don't go to the hospital. Things aren't healthy there. A lot of things are happening that are affecting our birth plans negatively. And I don't want you to have to deal with that. Um, Consider giving birth in my house, she said. Mm. Um, I can help you. I got choked up about this because I'm because I'm like, damn, I could have avoided a lot of things if I would have heeded to her message. Oh, so you did you you went to the hospital way? I went to the hospital. Mm. For a lot of reasons, you know, I felt that birth at home wasn't um accessible to me and that's the case with most women like i didn't have the money i didn't even have a place to live i didn't have support of my partner um from my mom i was living in her house my brother was living there it was just like i didn't have my space so i definitely understand what it's like to not have the privilege to say i want a home birth Mm because that's what happened with me but if i knew the real real like i know it now I would have given birth. I didn't care where. You know, yeah. I think that I think that um, I'm not the type to be like, I told you so, because it's led to my healing and me coming into this path to heal other women. Right. So, again, like. There's an alchemy in that, regardless of what option that women chooses there's opportunities for her to become her most powerful self through her birth, regardless of where it takes um, place at. Unfortunately, most women aren't um, taking care of themselves after experiencing birth trauma. And when I talk about me being a disruptor, I'm leading, I'm leading the wave. Yes. Yes, you are. You are leading the way you're showing people different alternatives to have to giving birth. Um, and just even the whole, like, even the way the hospital designed, right? Like, a baby shouldn't, first of all, I, I heard something where women shouldn't even be on their backs giving birth. And yes. then, like, just being born into, you know, someone someone else catching you, someone else, like, you, your baby just coming into light. It's very, I feel like it's a very traumatic even to them, to to, to children. And you and as human beings, you know, we, we look at it so... So uh, minuscule because we're like, oh, they're a baby. They don't really know what's going on. It's like, yo, the first experience coming into this world is traumatizing. And then if you're if you're a boy and your parents have certain beliefs, you're going to get cut up. The first within the first two couple, the first week you're in this world. Yeah. So being from a yogic science perspective, the process of being born can be very traumatic for a child to begin with, period. Mm-hmm. And for us as colonized people, it's even more traumatic because of the settings in which it's taking place. So you're right. Um, everything from the lighting to, like I said, the IV, feeling like you can't move, things are inescapable, the um, interventions happening, the fear mongering when they say, well, your baby's going to die if you don't do this, to how you know, even if you make it out your mom's vagina or even abdominally, the, the lights, the, how cold it is in the room, mm. everything about how we experience birth um, seems to be very traumatizing. But why do you think that 
why do you think it has come to what it's come to? Like, why why did that become the, the norm? Like, what? Because obviously the system, the people that run it, they, they know that we have to do this to detach people and, and start trauma so early. But it's like, why? Why why pervert it? Why make it what it's not? Why not just have babies come in the right, how they're supposed to come in? That's a very loaded question. Um, I'll do my best <laughs> to try to explain <laughs> to okay. you. So, so, so first off, um, most women don't even know that it's safer to give birth at home. Then even if they know, sometimes they can't find a midwife because midwives are also have also been colonized and there's a shortage of, especially midwives of color. So even if you have the resources, even if you have the grit, the determination to face um, the fears that come with home birth, then there's a shortage of people to help you. Then on top of that, um, you know, it's just being raised as women, as good girls, good girls go to the hospitals to have babies yeah. and to have birth at home is scary and it's a defiant thing to do. And most women don't have the appetite to say, fuck the system. Yeah, there, that's what it is. The appetite, because a lot comes with that. And they get pressure from moms and other people. And a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people aren't like you that have a strong mind. Or that can think for themselves, that can be like, you know, fuck yeah, I don't need someone to be on my side. I'm going to go handle what I got to handle. But women, It takes man, a lot. Women it have it. It takes a lot to, yeah, we do have a difficult, it takes a lot to, you know, you have to face your family, your partner may not be supportive. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of undoing that someone who wants to reclaim their autonomy and birth has to undergo. I'd be having those thoughts too, you know, even just now, growing into the person that I'm growing into and I just turned I just turned 28 but even just getting all the knowledge that I've been uh, you know getting and learning about it's so hard to just have a have a child now or even try to have a child with someone that doesn't have the same beliefs as you because I, w- I wouldn't want to go down the hospital route I wouldn't want to go down the vaccination route I wouldn't want to go down the public schooling route I do want to homeschool and a lot of women now you know they look at they look at being a mom as a job instead of a blessing and they're like, I don't, how am I going to be home all day teaching? And, 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 you know, my man gets to go out there and provide. And like, how I can't be home all day. I got to go do something. I got to go handle. I got to. And so many people don't really want to take on the full time job of motherhood. And I don't even know where I'm going with this question. <laughs> but no, just... no, I actually like where you're going with yeah. that. Let me help you out. Okay. Okay. I'm one of those women that um, have a hard time connecting with the blessing of having become a mother. Mm. Why? Why? Let's talk about it. Because I'm living in a system where I'm raising a child with someone that doesn't have the same beliefs as me, who then I feel like I'm being oppressed by not only, you know, his dad, but the system isn't set up to create joy in mothering you know it's not set up that way so especially as me right I'm trying to disrupt everything like decolonize everything right so um initially I wasn't right I gave into I gave my power to all of these systems that then victimized me Mm, okay so right so Mm -hmm. because I've been I've been kind of trained as a woman to to place myself 
in situations that victimize me. Right. Yeah. So I went along with it because so many of us are, we're just raised to be that way. So I, um, my son's dad didn't want me to birth, um, in a, even a birth center, mm-hmm. let alone a home birth. So I ended up saying, okay, well, I'll find this, you know, I'll find a hospital that hires midwives. Guess what? The midwives working in the hospitals, they're colonized, like we spoke yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it didn't go the same as it would have been at home birth. So I ended up with birth trauma. The father of my child also, we didn't see eye to eye on vaccines. And we negotiated on, you know, delaying the vaccine schedule. And I found myself with a provider that I felt was um, flexible, but the provider kept harassing me mm. to vaccinate my son. Yeah. Okay. And so my son ended up being vaccine injured at three years old. Mm. Right. So here I am, birth trauma with a vaccine injured child. COVID comes, they start to tell me that my son used to wear a mask in school. Right. Or they start to teach my son about how. Thanksgiving is about Indians and like a bunch of nonsense. You know what I mean? So again, I'm having to feel the burden of like, I have to teach my son these different ways. Yeah. So it's like, it's more weight on me. Mm. You know, now I want to homeschool my son. I have to report to the local district. You know, they're harassing me about what I'm teaching my son. And if I'm teaching him appropriately, it's more weight on me. So moms feel the burden of a lot, you know? And so it's hard to find places of joy of becoming a mother because the system is literally built to break us down every opportunity. How many times have I had child services in my house? How many? At least three or four times. From your, from your your part your your ex partner telling you, wow, yes. wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow. So it's like, yeah, you, you can say that I, I maybe should have been, um, I should have had more discernment about who I had a child with, but that's another story. I feel like again, me becoming a mom has been an initiation like no other because mm-hmm. I'm. I'm in the underworld, in the underbelly, in the shadows of what mothering is like for so many other women that we just don't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, like I, like I was saying earlier, just y- y'all are taught to deal with it alone. Alone. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have, a, if you're not blessed to have a partner that cares, you're dealing with it alone. And I can under, like at the, yeah. end, at the end of the day, the government wants them to, re- wants women to rely on them. They really do. They want you to, they go, they're down to give you the food stands and all that. They want you to do all that. And that just leads to more trauma, more health problems. They're giving you bullshit. You're, I see though, I see the way they do this shit. And, I, and that's why, like, I was just talking with, you know, with Amy here earlier about just like, like my, I'm, I'm at the stage where people, girls, women my age are not having their kids, like my friends and people that I grew yeah. up with, they're having kids. And I'm seeing them transition to motherhood and I'm seeing them go through it. And yes, yeah. and and obviously the society, you know, we're, we're like I said, victim, victim, uh, victimization, and just being victim. And so, what do they label it? Postpartum. Now it's postpartum, and it's like y'all. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to say postpartum, but you're not trying to identify what's really wrong with you. Say you lonely. Yes. Say you lonely. Say you need some help. Say you need a shoulder to cry on. It's okay to yeah. say you need someone there to help you because it's a big transition. It's a huge transition, and I feel like 
again, with like birth as initiation, which is what I help women um, feel and heal into. Okay. Like the things that we go through, they're opportunities to heal. I had to sit with myself and be like, hold on. My mom did this by herself. My grandmother did this by herself. That part. My auntie did this by myself. And I'm doing it by myself. I'm continuing their trauma. And guess what? I don't want to do that shit no fucking more. So what is it going to take for me to disrupt that? Yeah. It, it takes for me to sit with, in my birth, I guess my, my, my son's dad was there. My mom was there. My, my um, birth worker was there. I still felt alone regardless. Yeah. Why is that? Because there's ancestral trauma of having to carry the burden of mothering by myself. And I'm having to decolonize and heal that from myself yeah. right now, today, yeah. real time. Yeah. And you're, but you're stepping into this power of yours. You're stepping into this power of yours. And every woman, women are so powerful. Y'all give, like, yes, you need both men and women, but y'all carry this this for nine months y'all feel it y'all feel it for nine months before it comes into this earth you know like i said i was saying like i see a lot of my my homegirls that having kids now and then and them just being sad and them not i can see that they're, they're still going on social media and they see i know they still see their friends turning up they still see their friends mm -hmm. that don't have kids still doing what they want to do some some may have kids but they're not good mothers and they're still jealous because like how could she have kids and still be partying out here and i'm over here you know dealing with mine and it's just yeah. I can see why they get depressed. I can see why it, it, it's hard on them. It's a big transition. And like you, like we were talking about earlier, like we've just been programmed to not look at it as a blessing. Because once you have kids, you know how many miracles happen to you without happening to women? Like I know. I know. I mean, I, I'm doing God's work right now because I chose you to are. step in you are. to, to the, the shadows of what my birth dragged me to. So I definitely believe it. I feel like Right now, women are not ready to have those difficult kind of conversations. I feel like over time we will. I do see in social media more people talking about, you know, postpartum and normalizing yeah. that. Yep. But oh for me, it's like we need to talk a little bit. We need to go a little deeper because it's not about normalizing that we all feel like shit postpartum and that we're vulnerable and that we are, uh, you know, malnourished in so many ways postpartum. It's about, like you said, what are the things leading to this and what needs to change for us to, as a society, just flip the script on, on postpartum and traumatic births and on living as women, as like, you know, disempowered beings. Yeah. It's so wild. It's so wild, the system that we're in. Um even the way sex is promoted, right? Like you're kind of sex is so normalized to where it's not sex is not even looked at as sacred anymore. Like having a kid is probably like like conceiving a child is probably the biggest level of manifestation. It's like the high like that's some magical shit to just bring two humans together and your fluids exchange and now it's a whole other human being in, that <laughs> that's coming in here. That people don't, but because we just fucking and everything's about fucking and you got all this birth control and you got abortions and you could do all this shit. People are so ignorant out here and people are just really just giving the energy like that. And that's why no one's happy nowadays. No one's happy because we all, and I'm not saying I'm excluded because yeah, I, I've, I've been programmed too. I've been conditioned. I, you know, I've done my, whatever I do, but it's just like, I'm aware that this ain't it. 
this ain't it, and this guy got to change. Eventually, it got to change, and that's why you're never going to be happy. You, you, we're giving our power away too easily, and and women is just, y'all going through a lot. Y'all going through a lot. It's crazy. We, we are, but, you know, I believe regardless of who you bring children with, that being chose you and that other person. Ah, I never looked at it like that as vessels to heal the lineage. And so what I do with women is let's talk about what overwhelmed you before having this baby, Mm -hmm. maybe prenatal, maybe you had miscarriages, maybe you had abortions, maybe you've been sexually abused as a child. Let's talk about what happened to dehumanize you before that led to you to have a disempowered birth experience that then you can transmute to help heal your ancestors because at the end of the day, you signed up for certain trauma so you could have the opportunity to flip the script. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you found your purpose? Absolutely. And that that's that's amazing. Because I feel like when you don't know your purpose, you that's when you be wilding out, trying to figure shit out. And you had to go through what you had to go through to figure out, like, no, nah, I'm here to do this. This, this is what I'm here to do. I'm gonna I'm change women's lives. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help women out. Um, what like what's the most common uh like birth trauma you hear about? The most common birth trauma, I would say, like I said, are our C sections. C sections. Uh, following that are inductions, and then inductions. Inductions. So that means that someone decided in the medical system that they needed to rush the process of your baby being born. So they gave you drugs and intervened in a way to speed up the birth of your baby. So they basically weren't trusting your body to do what it needs to do. I want to read these, um, you have this post on your Instagram and there there were, there were tweets, but I want to read them. It's the red flag ones, the birth trauma part two, Mm -hmm. right? Cause, yeah. And I want you to just expand on it. So the first one is, at least baby is healthy. Red flag. Yeah, so after women go through traumatic birth and they share with people that they feel comfortable with what happened, it's usually an egregious story. Um, but we tend to sweep under the rug our experiences and minimize our trauma by saying to each other, Ay, mija, pero mira que lindo está ese bebé. Ah. Uh, at least you have a healthy baby. Yeah. Or the doctor who betrayed you and the nurse who brought you down that line will say, oh, well, at least your baby is healthy now. I know that was hard, honey, but look, you have a healthy baby. And it's like, no, let's wow. disrupt that. You cannot have a fully whole healthy baby without a healthy mother who's traumatized. You cannot. Damn, so you heard her, next time, That's a bar. So next time, you, next time you feel the need to say, well, at least you have a healthy baby because we say that shit to each yeah. other. Say, um, I know somebody that can help you with those challenging emotions that it sounds like you went through. Yo, you got a healthy baby, you don't got a healthy mother, you don't got a healthy baby. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, next one. I think we talked about this a little bit. My OBGNY said I can't. Red flag. Yeah, so we should take a closer look at the the 
the the vocabulary that we use around our medical care. If you're if you start with my OBG said I can't eat during labor. They told me I couldn't push standing or using gravity. My uh-huh. OB said, "Okay, take a pause. Whose body is it?" Not his. Is it your is it your OB's or is it yours? Yeah. And from there change the language, you know, challenge the cha- challenge the reality. Challenge the reality. I've heard I've heard some of these phrases too, just like overhearing like women talk. I mean, my mom has said some of these. Um, ooh, this is a good one. I've heard this one. Dot dot dot. Schedule C section. <laughs> Red flag. Yeah. So especially <laughs> around one. especially around holidays, there are doctors the okay. So get this. Most C-sections happen right before lunchtime. Is there a reason? Lunchtime. Most C-sections happen before lunchtime. Cut down. So they're not even... And most... um... (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, they (laughs) might tell you, they might tell you, oh, it's because your baby's heart decelerated or you have a fever or, you know, this happened in your birth or that's happening in your birth, but most likely they did something to cause that. And they're just trying to rush you along that um, chain of interventions so that they could just get it over with, with the C-section because they get a lot more money from a C-section. They get like 10 to $15,000. Per C-section? Yeah. That's like the COVID shit. They get like 13 and grand. During- and during COVID, they were doing it. It was like an assembly line. Women were just like waiting in line to get C-section. It was like C-sections are supposed to be for medical emergencies. If there was a true medical emergency, boo, you wouldn't be waiting around for a C-section. And you know what else too? Like that programming and that social media because now women don't want to mess up their bodies, that BBL and everything they be getting. They don't want to have, they don't want to get big. They don't want their body to change. So that's the other thing. Like, yes, our oh, bodies do change, but... um. We're not talking about that. It's severe abdominal surgery. Yeah. And trust me, the men I sleep with, they are not complaining about the quality of my vagina <laughs> after my vaginal birth. Hey, talk your shit, queen. All right. Um, this one, the next one is, I wasn't dilating. So dot, 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 dot. Red flag, red yes. flag. Yeah. So Again, um, this leads to birth trauma because in the medical industrial complex, they see they're not even following the true norms of birth. So they're rushing women's labor along. And so they say, well, you're not dilating enough. So we have to try, you know, the Foley bag. We have to try um, this pill. We have to try Pitocin. And hey, you didn't end up dilating after we tried all those things. Basically, we're we're forcing your body and it doesn't want to be forced. Wow. So let's just get it over with and 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 give you a C-section. Why does all this shit sound like y'all y'all some cattle? Basically, that's what it is. And even if it doesn't end in C-section, the induction process is very traumatic. <laughs> Again, you're forcing your body to do what your body and your baby isn't ready to do, but they, they, um, 
they feed you lies as to why you need one. You know, you're while well, you're over 35, um, you're over 40 weeks or 41 and a half weeks. None of those things are evidence-based. None of those things are in line with what we know as traditional birth keepers. Is that a myth too that the, the, or is it true that the older women get, it's harder for them to get pregnant? So it, it, it may be more challenging, Okay. but I think the biggest myth is that even when you get pregnant is that you need to induce your body's um, birth or you should sign up for a C-section if you're over a certain number of years. Um, that's the biggest misconception. And it's because there is evidence that says that you have an increased risk of fetal demise if you're over 40 mm. and you go over a certain number of weeks. But the risk that we're talking about, bro, is like 0. 0.0025 to like 0. 0.005. Like it's still minimal. Oh. And it's not as much as the risk of the complications and the mental and emotional and spiritual trauma that come from these these practices happening in the hospital. Most women, most, most, um, deaths mm -hmm. happening in the hospitals are from black women. They're dying at three to five times the rate of white women in hospitals. And, why and it's from C-sections. No one's talking about what is it that's leading to their demise is as a result of C-sections. Wow. So black women are getting more C-sections than anyone and they're dying as a result of it. In New York, it's 12 to 15 times. In the Bronx, it's 18 times. What? I don't know what it's like for where you are, but the data shows us they're being it's being overused. How do I look that and, up? Hmm? How do I look that up from where I'm at? What do I type in? You can type in first. I recommend that you look up the C-section rates of the hospitals that you're at. That's you can just type in C-section rate of such and such hospital. Some report should come. Do that up. real quick, Amy. C-section of well, like like, like rivers where, where I'm from, or you said a hospital. Yeah. Put um Parkview, Parkview Community C-section at Riverside Parkview. I don't you have know. to check that they that they deliver babies there too. They do. They definitely do, huh? Okay. At Parkview. Okay. All right, there. Find your hospital C-section rate. They even have a whole website for this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me see. Go down. Oh, okay, okay. Last year. You have to find... Right there, Riverside, Loma Linda University Medical Center. 75 C-sections, 421 deliveries, 18%. Okay, so that's, you know, uh, the WHO says that our C-section rate should be at 10 to 13%, but that's actually not that bad. Not that right? bad? It's not that bad. I mean, we're talking about in New York, more in the town I used to live in, Yonkers, is at like close to 50%. So that's not that bad. Mm. But like I said, C-section is like the ultimate. That one right there, look at Marietta, Riverside. That's my city, 201. A thousand births, 19%. That's still not bad? That's still not as bad, but um, 
You were saying from where you're from was what? 50. Oh, sheesh. That's the Bronx, you said? This one's in Yonkers. Yonkers. But there's, yeah, in the Bronx, um, the best C-section rate you're going to find is like 30, I think it's like 32 and North Central. And why do you think they try to convince more women of color that this is the way to go? Why did... I think, yeah, I think that the system, you know, obstetrics is an is a science that came up at the expense of black bodies. They practiced all the things yeah, on slaves. That's right. that's right. So it comes from a system that's used to dehumanizing the black experience, not listening to black women, ignoring black women's pain. Yeah. So it's been a long time coming. Okay, next one is... This is a good one. I've heard this one too. All the time, actually. I wanted a natural birth, but I got an epidural because... I got a lot of heat for my comments on epidurals. Okay. As a man, I kind of have an idea what an epidural is. I kind of... This is the way I look at it when, when I hear women talking about it. It's like a big old needle shot, whatever, that goes in your bottom back. And it kind of... Numbs you out and it makes it easy to have a kid, or you dilate. What, what is what? What is it? What's the epidural? Yeah, I think that most women um, agree or ask for epidural because they, again, just like a C-section, they don't understand the extent of the damage and the risk. Mm -hmm. But an epidural basically is numbing you from the waist down. You don't feel anything. You won't be able to get up. You won't be able to move. You have to literally piss and shit on yourself. What? They have to put a catheter in you because you literally can't move. So there are some walking epidurals, but those are very, um, there in New York, I've, I've, I haven't met an OB that does walking epidurals. So for the most part, you're, you're stuck on a bed and you cannot feel, imagine not feeling from your waist down. That's what trippy. That's, That's trippy. And yeah. um, epidurals comes from the concept of twilight births where they used to drug women, knock them out, and then just they would deliver their babies basically while being fully drugged what? and incoherent. So Do what we have today is like it comes from that. But basically, I get a lot of heat because, you know, women don't want to know. They don't want to have the real conversations. You know, most women, do, when... The, the women who say I wanted a natural birth, but I got an epidural, they probably didn't hire help. Yeah. They didn't hire um, a birth worker. A birth worker has different tools that helps you offset the discomfort, the pain of an epidural. And also because we are colonized around pain. Um, yeah. Birthing pains aren't just for the shit, aren't just for pain. They're pain with purpose. They're pain to birth you into also the next version of you. They're, they're pains that are meant to bring forward life. They're pains to awaken you to your fullest potential. Mm. They're, they're pains to teach you how powerful you are. Yeah. And so women, when we look at pain and labor we're not seeing it as power we're seeing mm -hmm. it as we're weak and we cannot yeah. withstand when we are 
meant for this, made for this. Yeah, the body is definitely made to handle that. Um, so they probably didn't hire help. They don't know the history of epidurals. They don't know that epidurals has fentanyl. It has fentanyl in it? Yeah. Epidural? So you're being, so you oh, are, are saying, so, so basically you, you're like, you're getting dope. Basically. Okay. And, and guess what? You also don't understand that it crosses the barrier of your placenta. Your baby's getting doped up too. Oh. And as a birth worker, we're not talking about the things that we see when babies are born. They're born like floppy fish. They're not born the same. Like the babies that are born without the epidural, they're alert. Their eyes are open. Their wow. reflexes are on. I've had to, in trauma therapy for clients, I've been able to take them back to the birth of their mother having them with epidurals. What? Yes. Hold on. You made people remember? With through oh, this through shit. this therapy that I practice, I can take you back to your birth and work through any birth trauma that you experienced through your mom's birth. Oh, that's so fire. And what I've heard from women who I've done the therapy for, and guess what? These women come to me because they're like, I'm scared to give birth without an epidural. Okay, well, let's talk about your birth. Were you born with an epidural? Yes. Okay, there you go. That's the programming. So mm. let's go there. I take them to their birth. So when they were born and they tell me, I feel like I feel my mom and then I don't feel my mom. I'm scared. I feel disoriented. I feel lost. I feel disconnected. You're disrupting the physiology of your labor. If you knew how this affects you spiritually, emotionally, physically, and how it affects the ancestor that you're bringing in, I'm sure you would think about it a little more. It makes sense. Because I think I was born without it, without an epidural. So Yeah, so, so your encoding in birth, your imprint is that it can be done without it. But the more and more women are going in and getting epidurals and and we're born of epidurals, then that's that's a um, talk about like breaking intergenerational curses. The way you're born is one of them. Can I can I call my mom real quick? I want to ask. Yeah. I, I want to ask her if she's if she's had any um if she's had any birth trauma with any of us because I I do believe that I she had me naturally, but I'm not too sure about my other siblings. Let me see. Yeah, um, do it. I I ask all of my clients to do this. Call your mother. You want to have an empowered birth? Call your mother and ask her about how you were born. It's the the one next to Renee's one. Hello? Hello? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Turn her up. There's the there's there's my laptop, Renee, Renee's music. Mom, can you hear me? Can you hear her? No, not you. Not you. Ah, oh, you can't. She can't hear her though. Damn. Oh, I just wanted to ask you. Um, um, you gave you gave birth to me naturally, or you, or you had an epidural? 
Oh, you got an Epidro with me? That's all we need to know. And now we can talk about how that's affected you. I can go there. Okay. Okay. Cause I'm talking, I'm doing a podcast right now and I'm talking to, um, her name's Royal Mothering and she's a, she's a birth worker and she's just telling us about, you know, uh, just all the trauma of when it comes to giving birth. And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna call my mom. Cause we should talk. I, I was reading some tweets of hers and she has one about epidural. And we're talking about the epidurals and how it affects, you know, the the baby. And basically, there's fentanyl like in in epidurals. So basically, you're getting doped up when you when you have when you're giving birth to us. And we come out doped up too. For, so I was like, I think I wasn't, but then I'm like, let me call my mom and see what's going on. And then I also wanted to ask you if you've had an if you had any birthing trauma from all all four of your births from any of your four births. No. Oh. Uh, Okay, mom. You know, I didn't have time for that, basically. You know, yeah. You have a family. You have things. You don't. You don't think to see all of something. But for the most part, I've always been a very positive and happy person, and I don't recall. Yeah, it was a little bit stressful when you're a first-time mother because you don't know how to raise kids. That I probably was a little bit more tough than you and. You know, you know, lose my patience and stuff like that. But for the most part, I still did everything that I had to do, and I still work afterwards. I never had to. Yeah, because you want and you wanted kids too, and you were blessed that you had oh, a part. Yeah. You had a you, you were blessed that you had a partner that also was was ready to go on that journey with you. You know, like I was, we were talking about how a lot of women are not blessed to have a a, a partner that wants to go through you know, the journey of them becoming a mother too in the transition. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, your dad and I, as soon as we got married, we wanted to have kids right away. I wanted to be a young mom. I said, I want to have my kids, get them out of the way, have them while I'm young, and I can be young enough to, you know, play with you guys and do things with you guys. And that, and he was on board with me. He's like, I want to also. So, oh, okay. And we, act- and we actually wanted more. I wanted more kids. Than <laughs> than your dad. I was like, no, that's, it couldn't be too much, too selfish. Okay, mom. Well, I'll talk to you later. I just wanted—I wanted to ask you. I thought you—I thought she was gonna be able to hear you through the phone and stuff, but it's not. We couldn't get the, we couldn't get it to work. So, I'll talk to you later. All right, thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. I love you. I don't know if you heard that a little bit. I try to get—I try to get it to work, but it didn't go. It didn't work. Okay, so tell me, um, in that conversation with your mom, what did you learn about your birth? That I am. I had. I, she did get an epidural with me. She said she couldn't open up. Red flag, huh? Mm-hmm. Red flag. <laughs> so, yeah, in a birth trauma therapy, I would go through <laughs> what preceded the she couldn't open up. Was she scared? Did she feel coerced? Did anyone make her feel uncomfortable? Um, you know, you need to, you can't just say, like, you didn't open up. It's like... Why did your body not feel safe and comfortable to open up? Yeah. So how, so it, it goes deep. Yeah. So what? And you were talking about a, like a, the imprint on me then. So what does that mean that I I was I was born under an epidural? Yeah. So I would um, in a session we would go back to your birth and see how that what. What, how that imprint translated into you because mm-hmm. we can both go through the same experience and the imprint on us be totally different. 
Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So I but in the absence of that, I would say that people born in epidural think about they might feel disconnected from the world a lot more than somebody that was born without the intervention of of chemical imprints. Right. They may feel um the need to numb out more. And then on top of that, I was vaccinated too. <laughs> yeah, but the need to the the need to numb out. So I'd ask you like, what are your vices and how do you use vices to numb out, if at all? Weed, marijuana. Yeah. I do abuse it. Um, mm-hmm. I smoke a lot so, sometimes. So. As a, as if we were to do birth therapy together, I would, and you t- and you were to tell me that you want maybe a different relationship with with um, weed. Mm-hmm. I would see if I could take you back to your birth to change that imprint. There's a way that I can change that actually mem- actual memory and imprint on you, and maybe liberate you from a life that keeps you feeling like you need to numb out yeah yeah i just yeah so this is this is heavy shit i do heavy 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 that's dope that's good that's a crazy practice you know type of thing to do to try to take you back to your birth memory because i've always wondered obviously not getting to like my spiritual bag too i start thinking like what happens in past lives how can we can't remember our past lives but in this lifetime you a lot of people don't remember they birth and i wonder why but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was so drugged up. Everyone has a different <laughs> imprint, but that's why I said, if you go to your original trauma, which is being born, you can heal yourself. The crazy part is that's like 98% of everybody. Yes. That's wild. We so That's why people are so sick, man. Like there's a lot of good people and out here. Say, go ahead. Yeah, so when I say like, I do this to liberate us, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. Mm. All right, next one, next one. My baby is an ICU. Red flag, red flag, red flag. So ICU is where babies go if they need additional medical attention after being born. Just the, the mere fact that your baby was separated you at, from you at birth mm-hmm. is a trauma. To the physiological way that things are supposed to go. When your baby's born, they're supposed they've been with you. They've been with you for 10 months. They've been in you. They've been feeling your heartbeat every day. Think about mm. how traumatizing it is for you to lose something and then it be taken away from you. Even if you believe that they're receiving the medical treatment they need, it's traumatic. And for that baby. The attachment is immediately sudden, you know, to, to be away from their parents. So that's what I mean. Then let's take a look at it. Sis, you probably experienced birth trauma. And your baby, too. Yeah, it's so deep. You don't look at it like it's deep, but it really is deep. It's not... so deep. Like, you know, just passing by and just saying, oh, I, I, yeah, I get it. I can see why they're taking him. Probably needs assistance. Like, it's so easy to, like, just manipulate people to look at it the way they make us look at it. But it's all it all has a purpose and it's all designed to 
create the trauma. And if you have the trauma, just you know, you have they have control of us. They can they've been controlling us with fear since the day we're born. That's just and crazy. Thing, and the thing is, like, you know what? I, I want to be clear. I'm not there are C sections that save lives. Okay. There are times when the baby needs to go to NICU or ICU and get medical attention. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about in while that's happening, what happens with you emotionally and what imprint did that create for that baby? And is there some healing, an opportunity for healing here? I'm not saying like, fuck all medical systems, whatever the fuck. I'm saying, yes, let's, let's add more scrutiny there. But also let's look at instead of like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you need to do to save my baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, do whatever you need to do to just get this over with. It's deeper than that. It's deeper. How'd you feel? How'd you feel, sis? And that question is loaded. And not a lot of people can hold the container to have those conversations with how that truly made them feel. Because in the moment, adrenaline's like going, you know, but when you're home and everything normalizes, that's when postpartum comes. Yeah. You've given yourself the moment to process differently. The emotions don't know where to go. No. Man. Okay. Next one. I don't need a doula. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah, I feel like if you say that you're not familiar with the statistics that the evidence that shows that most women hiring doulas or birth workers are having more positive birth experiences. They're having less inductions they're having less C-sections. And so I feel like in our culture, you know, my son's dad, he was like, we don't need a doula. Why we need a doula? You have me. We have each other, you know, or mm. your mom or my mom could be my doula. No, she, your mom, I'm sorry, baby. Your mom cannot be your doula. <laughs> she knows nothing about what it's like to give birth in the hospitals in these days during yeah. the, in the system that I just, you know, I've spent the time discussing. Your partner knows nothing about what it's like to give birth. Right. I don't care if they're the sweetest, most caring, nurturing person. They don't know what it's like. We don't know what it's like. Mm. So how do you expect them to know and to support you and show up in a way that's really valuable? Right, yeah. It's not fair. So yes, everyone needs support. Why oh, are you saying you're not worthy of the, the support and nurturing that comes from, from another women helping you in community? Because that's how traditionally we used to give birth is las tías, las primas would come and, you know, they would call the patera who's in town, who, who knows how to handle birth. It wasn't this whole, like, I could do it on my own. Back to what you said. Yeah. That's an imprint, a trauma we have to undo because it, it's it's hurting us. Yeah. Got to get back to being, being moving in tribes, having yes. support, support. And, yeah, everyone's just trying to, you know, fend for themselves. You, you're, like, nowadays, you you be, everyone wants money, too. I've seen a lot of instances, situations where, you know, grandmas and grandpas only want to watch kids if they're getting paid now. You know, it just, it's, it's just, it's, it's different now. People, every, every, every yeah. Cause I, I was blessed that my, my dad's mom lived with us. So she was always able to care for us and, well, take care of us while my mom went and handled. And then they were both able to work. But not everyone has that privilege. Okay. Next one yeah. is 
I'm giving birth at XYZ hospital. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah, so you can take that different ways, right? Um, you can take that as you're giving birth in a hospital, period. Uh-huh. It's a preceptor for birth trauma. Yeah. Because, as I mentioned, the walking in is a first intervention. Or in the in in the context of what we discussed, um, for me, it's, you know, Lawrence Hospital in Yonkers, in, in Bronxville, St. John's in Yonkers, you know, Mount Sinai West, Mount Sinai East. So it's certain it's certain hospitals that are like, yeah. for me as a birth worker, like, oh, you giving birth at the chop shop? <laughs> but it could just also mean at a hospital period and you're low risk. Let's talk about it. Why? <laughs> oh, man. Man. It's so ugly. It's so ugly out here. Last one is, uh, last one is, um, I couldn't breastfeed because red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah. So breastfeeding is also something that traditionally we did in community and we've been stripped at from that. Um, you know, we used to witness our sisters, our tias, our uh, cousins breastfeed in front of one another. And now it's like a a lost art. Like generations and generations go by and it's more and more of a lost art. Now women are trying to reclaim it. But um nah, they'd be on formula early out here still. Yes, but I guess when I wrote that comment of I couldn't breastfeed is when somebody says that, it's it's not that they couldn't. It's that they didn't have the proper support. Explain why. What is what does having support have to have to do with you just feeding your child? So it's not um, as easy as like you put your baby on your boob and then milk comes. Okay, it's a lot more. Yeah, it's a sorry, lot more I, I, that's what I thought. My bad, my bad. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> and that's what most women think. So think too. Okay, and it's not. It's literally an art that, like I said, it's it's lost. Mm. So it's a lot more complicated than that. There's a lot of troubleshooting. There's a lot of issues that come up. Um, there's a lot of shaming in our communities around it. So it comes down to not having the proper breastfeeding education and not having, having the right support. Again, it's like women tell me the story. Like I couldn't breastfeed because, and I can sit there because now I'm a lactation counselor and go through with your story, just like with your birth, as to why it went down the way it did. And not from a place of judgment, because it happened to me too. I had to stop breastfeeding at seven months because red flag, <laughs> it was because you didn't know the things that you know now. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day. Have you, do, have you like switched your diet and all that stuff? Or like now I just, are you vegan? plant-based <laughs> <laughs> um when i had my son i did i did receive like an intuitive message from him that he didn't want to eat meat mm -hmm. so i did change my diet after becoming a mom but now i'm i'm back to just listening more to my body and what it needs so like after i menstruate sometimes i'll have beef or a bone broth or things like that 
that's that's where I'm at with it too. You know, I I I hate the word vegan. I hate the label. And I always say this on the pod, you know, because people always just assume you're healthy because you're vegan, and just because you're vegan don't mean you're healthy. Um, no. But yeah, just learning, just listen to your body. If your body wants something, just just give it to it, you know. And at the end of the day, everything comes does come from the earth. Animals are from the earth. Everything is. It's just obviously the factory farming, and that's when it gets tricky, and just the way the trauma that even animals probably go through, and then we're just eating mm-hmm. them. And so I, I get the energy transfer and all that stuff. So. But yeah, listen right. to your body for sure. But and whatever's right for you, that's where I'm at with it. Right. But yeah, I heard it's um. I always thought when girls didn't like to breastfeed because they just didn't like. They said it hurts, and they just don't like um like how their nipple looks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. My son destroyed my nipples and my breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) i breastfed him for seven months in the spirit of honesty but um again let's decolonize formula feeding formula feeding is basically it's something that has been marketed to us for now about three generations and they targeted communities of color that were poor if you go back and you understand the marketing scheme. Yeah. It was it was sold as, oh, well, if I give my baby this formula, then I'm now of a different class. Uh... And, and so I am, I'm, you know, breastfeeding is animalistic. Like peasant shit. Peasant shit. Yeah. And I, I, I want to climb the social ladder. So I want the best for my baby. And that is formula. But you um, you look at formula and the first ingredient is, is glucose. It's like sugar. Yeah. Fructose. Yeah. I never, so I, never looked, like, I never looked at the ingredients, but like, what is in baby formula? Most of it is sugar. And what it, and what are they what are they marketed as? Like what what like what is the beneficial thing they say that it's for? They don't have one or I mean they say it's because you know women are it's basically women are being socialized to believe that breastfeeding is something unattainable to them or that, you know, their bodies, is, uh, you know, change and they don't want that to happen. But it's like, I don't care how my breasts look right now. I mean, I do. <laughs> I do care. And I plan to make changes if you know what I'm saying. But, um, however, however, mm-hmm. my baby's health over everything. Facts. Yeah. 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 So you have to sit here and really understand you're essentially poisoning your child off rip. Babies who are formula fed, they have digestion issues. They have constipation. Ask the mom. They have, they go through all types of things that we're just like putting band-aids on, but our gut is our second health. So what kind of health are you setting your baby up to have with this commercial formula that was marketed to you as you know, a social economical thing to, to literally make you a consumer. Mm. And how do you, uh, how would you, like if the, if the mother isn't on a proper diet, does the child still get the same nutrients from the breastfeeding? It doesn't matter. Or they have, the mother has to be on a, on a like strict, a good diet herself. Like for, are- or for example, can a mother still breastfeed if she's eating just hot Cheetos like, can she? 
Yes. So the short answer to that is yes. Okay. There are things in the diet that can um, lead to the body making, a, you know, creamier, healthier milk. But the wisdom of our bodies, y'all, is that your body will find from your body the nutrients. Mm. Meaning it will take from your bones, unfortunately, from your cartilage, from your blood. It will deplete you. There's some women that look completely depleted after breastfeeding. I was one of those women, again, because I just didn't have the information that I have now. Mm. But breastfeeding can be very, you know, traumatic, again, if you don't have the right resources, if you don't have the right education, if you don't have the right support. So when I say birth trauma, it's also, yeah, breastfeeding trauma is one of those things, Mm. you know, especially now during the holidays, women who breastfeed, even if they jump through all the hoops of actually getting the thing down, because it is uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. initially more uncomfortable, easier as the days go by. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we talk about this in our breastfeeding, in my breastfeeding support group, Chocolate Milk Cafe. Basically, there's a lot of shaming in our culture that leads to birth trauma that that maybe it's not during birth, it's during breastfeeding. You know, the cover yourself up. Ah, uh, yeah. Go feed in the room. Yeah. That's why we're disconnected as a society and why we have lost the art of breastfeeding because we've over-sexualized women's breasts. We see it as a thing for men's pleasure Mm -hmm. and not for what it's meant, which is to feed our babies. So women are having to do it in a shameful, quiet corner in the dark. Yeah. Or with employers that don't allow the spaces for them to thrive to do it. Mm. They're going through a lot of like these, you know, humanizing emotions. That's really what it is, dehumanizing us. Dehumanizing human beings, man. And trust me, talking about the 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 white man or the white women. Trust me, they knew the benefit of breastfeeding. They had their black slaves breastfeeding their children. So yeah, they didn't want to have their boobs suffer the effects, but they found the slaves to feed their 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 seed. Wait, a woman can a woman can can breastfeed even though she's not like the you got women can produce really a woman can breastfeed. At, at any time, really? Or I only thought it was like when they were gave birth or something. Yeah, well, again, you're asking very good questions. I love this. The short answer is that, yes, you can reproduce breastfeeding even if you haven't had children. Um, the... By putting a child to you, there's just like a physiological response. There's even medication now that, let's say in like same-sex partners, and let's say the other the other women who didn't have the baby wants to breastfeed. There's medications to help women, um, women lactate, even if they haven't had a baby. That's a way. Oh, but when I'm talking about these white women, they had slaves who were having children oh, okay. for yeah. their labor. So they those women also were charged with feeding their children. And so think about it. As a society... What has that done for Black women and and the trauma, right? There's some women, when they put babies to them, they, to their breasts, they feel very overwhelmed. The emotions may come. That's like a thing. Yeah. 
breastfeeding can be emotionally overwhelming, sensory overload. It can be traumatic to this nervous system too. We don't talk about that, but I have clients that I have, I help through emotional challenges of breastfeeding, but basically these, these white women, um, use slaves. And so we then saw breastfeeding as not a thing of bonding and nurturing, mm-hmm. right? It's a thing of like work of enslaved mm-hmm. peoples. We don't have a positive rapport with breastfeeding because it was something violently done to us. Right. Right. So deep. It gets so deep. I guess so deep, the conditioning that they've placed on us. And women do have it harder than men. I ain't gonna lie. Y'all really do. Y'all go through a lot more shit, a lot more trauma than us. Or you think it's even? We do, but it's it's because of the, we have the capacity to hold a lot more emotions and hold a lot more trauma. So what I'm saying is that we have the capacity to literally, we birth nations our ancestors come through us. We also have the capacity to heal for joy, for liberation, for empowerment. That's what right. I'm saying. That's as all. much shadow as you could do is as much light as you could bring in. Mm, Let's get to work. I like that. Let's get to work. I like that. I like that. Um, so you've actually you've actually have catched babies. Yeah. So I went from being a birth worker in hospitals to then doing only home births. I only do home births for mm-hmm. women with midwives to then now I'm assisting. It sounds funny. Assisting unassisted births. Okay. Are, so some are. women hire me because they want a birth free of a, a medically medical professional. Right. So they don't even want to hire a doula. They just want it to be me and them. And I do, I guess some people call it free births as well. You're, free part, births. you're part of many special moments then, huh? Yeah, it's that's super empowering, super radical. Like that is like when a woman says, I believe in my body. Mm-hmm. Between me and you, we can do the education I need emotionally, physically, spiritually to get me to a point to step into my power in this way. Yeah. And I'm going to do it just me and you in support and sisterhood without any medical provider. Those women right there, they're the, they're the future. They're trailblazers. They are radical. A lot of them do it out of having trauma with the first child in hospitals, Mm -hmm. but we're definitely taking our power back and I'm here for it. So yes, I have delivered babies. That's just, man, just doing, doing the work. And being there and just, how does that make you feel though? Like every time you do deliver a baby, like how does, like, like what's how, how does that high feel? Cause I know it's a high. It has to be mm-hmm. some type of high. So in the birth room, even if it's in the hospitals, there is this high that you experience from the oxytocin is something that is in the air that you can share with somebody. Mm. So there is a birth high. It's definitely higher when it's out of hospitals. It's definitely higher when it's unassisted or in a free birth. Um, How does it make me feel? Every time I have to step into decolonizing myself even more, I have to sit with the fears that I have around birth. 
I have to go deeper into not just talking that I believe that women's bodies are powerful and don't need any medical intervention, but I have to literally live that shit. And it's like, what happens with birth is like birth is the thin line between living and dying. Mm. And women in the past used to normalize that sometimes with birth, children did die. But we're so indoctrinated to fear death that we're like, that's why we end up betraying ourselves in hospitals. Right? Like, save me from death. Like, death is actually something that actually happens and it's part of people's destiny sometimes. And there's a lot of medicine that comes in grief and the loss of a child as well. And it's maybe easier for me to say because I haven't experienced a full term and then a demise during labor, but if you do birth work, you know that it comes with the territory. So yeah. I have to step into that territory um, every time. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Well, bless you. Bless you for your work. Bless you for your, like, how, are you very, um, are you, you make yourself very accessible to women then, huh? You're always available. Do you kind of set boundaries or because it is draining. I would say it is draining to give your energy your intentions yeah. to, to these people. Yeah. And the way that I do it, I, I've minimized myself to one birth a month. Mm. So I, I won't take more than one birth client a month. Most of my work comes from the birth trauma work that we've discussed now. Um, but even that, and yeah, healing people, mm-hmm. healing people is very, you're a healer in a way that's it's very, it's, it's draining and not in a bad way, but your energy is being, you're giving your energy to different to different entities and different beings. And like, what do you do to kind of like, you know, realign yourself and maybe, you know, do some meditation? I don't know. Is there anything you do to kind of yeah. get yourself? So I consider myself to be a warrior of this type. Like I have the tools um, and resources. I've gained the tools and the resources in my toolkit to build the resilience I need to, to do this work. It's not for everybody. But I definitely, every day I do, I do a yoga practice that's physical. I, I practice Kundalini yoga every day. Mm. I practice, um, now I've added a meditation before bed. I, the emotional release, I, I facilitate with people. I do it on myself very often because secondary trauma is real. Most birth workers Ooh. are getting burned out in two years. Secondary trauma. Not only is it regular trauma, now you got someone else's trauma. Man, that's what I'm saying. Like you have to, you do what you got to do to keep yourself aligned. Correct. I do. I'm an herbalist. I I I, I ally with herbs. Um, I'm a witch. I do Fertil- my, my fertility my witch. What's a fertility witch? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Sometimes uh, women call me to help them manifest babies' lives. So game changer. That's, an, that's like um spirit baby magic. Again, understanding that babies are our ancestors and that means that we have access to them before they're born. They're trying to make contact with us. So fire. through ritual that's and different fire. practices, I, I help um bring that forward. So you can manifest like a boy or a girl? You're that good? Not necessarily the <laughs> gender. Not necessarily the gender, okay. but I can, um, through esoteric science, I help women conceive. 
Eastern astrology, Western? What, what kind of astrology? Not astrology, just witchery. Oh, witchery. Okay. Okay. I like how... Are you into astrology? You haven't, you haven't mentioned astrology at all. I am into astrology. Damn. What day are you born? You have to be born on the 11th or something. <laughs> I was born October 10th, so I'm 10-10. Ooh, 10-10. Libra. I'm a Libra sun, Sagittarius moon, which is like that fiery yep. kind of like pop off quick um, <laughs> energy. And I'm a Cancer rising. So hey, like, um, all three of us here are Cancer risings. So that's like the ultimate nurturing of a society. Wow. <laughs> what are the odds, Amy? That's crazy. I'm a Scorpio sun, Aries moon. And uh, cancer rising. Nice. Yeah. So you're selfish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of myself. That's why I be tripping too when I be seeing like the, the my friends becoming mobs and shit like that. Because it's like, yo, I've always loved kids, right? I've always wanted to have Since I was like 17, I'm like, yo, if I ever knocked up a chick, that'd be fire. I want to be a dad young, you know, be cool. But yeah. now, especially the way times is going... And it's just like, no, I got work to do. Like, once you have a kid, it it slow it does slow you down. And you have to be ready to like commit to a whole other human being. I'm not saying it's not beautiful, it's not a blessing, but that's how I know I'm still selfish. That I'm still like, nah, I'm still wanna pick up and leave and go when yeah. I wanna go. For sure. You still you definitely have and I don't say this in a bad way, but a lot of maturing that you're gonna be undergoing. Um, twenty eight is a Saturn return. You may have heard of that term. Isn't that 27? It's like 27 and a half to 30. Okay. Like it depends oh, yeah. on your, your transit and your birth chart. But you're just now, um, Daddy Saturn is, is coming for yep. you. And it will make sure that you mature like you haven't had the chance to prior to. So, you know. I feel it. I feel it time. though. I do feel it though. Like even the way now that I'm just... The responsibility that I that I take, that the responsibilities I take now, the things that I be doing, just that I be practice outside and you know, on real life, is just I know I'm growing. I know what I'm doing wrong. I know, I know what can better me. I know what I need to do to keep elevating my platform, my brand. It's just, yeah, it's just committing and and finding your purpose. And I'm glad I found my purpose too. So, I feel you though. But I know I'm still young. Every time I tell people I'm 20, they're like, "Oh, you're still a baby," and it's like, "Bro, I'm almost 30. This ain't." <laughs> we gotta get the no, money. There's a certain there's a certain maturation that that planet brings in its transit. But yeah, we we're always growing. I, I'm still, you know, I'm not an I I am an expert in these ways, but um, I'm still learning as well. Still a student. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still healing myself. Do you have Do you have a healer yourself? Or you kind of just do, do deal with your healing by yourself? Uh, the concept of healing on your own is a very colonized concept. So I definitely um, have elders and I have sisters that I am in constant um, communion with. Healers need healing too. I believe that. Of course. Who heals the healer? Other healers. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you so much. I learned a lot. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. As a man, I, some people are like, man, why do you care about this shit? Because I still like to know, man. I like to know things. I'm interested in a lot of things. So 
I never had this conversation. I never got too in depth with it, but you gave me a whole different perspective on. You giving me a whole different perspective on just how to look at the trauma women deal with. So thank you. I appreciate you. What's yeah. the number? <laughs> hey. Thanks for having me. Um, check me out on Instagram at Royal Mothering if you're interested in a in healing your birth. Like I said, birth. When I talk about birth, it's you know, um, miscarriages, abortions, pregnancy losses, um, difficulties in your relationship as you were becoming a parent, your actual birth, postpartum, we can look at all of that, even the way that you were born. And there's a lot of goodness um, there. I can take my mom with me too and get a reading from you? If your mom wants to heal her birth trauma, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Damn, I'd be cool to take my mom's and see. Mom, let's go tap in. <laughs> and and I've done that also for my clients where okay. I sit with them and their mom and I heal their mom of their birth trauma in front of my clients. Ah. So um it it doesn't matter the years that pass, it's it's there waiting to be healed, acknowledged, and freed. So thanks for having me. Thank you, Royal Mother. Royal Mother. What was your name again? I'm sorry. How do you say it? Menorah. Menorah. Sangi. Thank you so much. I really love this conversation. I appreciate you for just taking the time out to talk to us today. No problem. Thank I you. I look forward to, to keeping in touch. Oh, yes. I actually, I, I my cousin actually, I was telling her, I was like trying to reach out to you. And uh, I think, I don't know if she reached out to you or not. She said she had an appointment with you. I'm not sure though. But yeah. 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 So. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace. Have a nice one. All right. That was heavy. That was really heavy and so informative. I learned so much. I mean, things that I had no idea. I learned so much. I learned a lot. Wow. Just the statistics that we looked up to, like the hospitals, the C-sections. Wow. I'm getting the chills. Just I know, be- me too, too. I got the chills just because, like, <clears throat> there are certain times when she would say things and I was just, like, trying to take it in because, it's, like, the way we've been conditioned to believe shit, right? Fact. Like, the way, like, why are men being OBs? Like, it's just... Yeah, that's part of It's just some weirdo shit and it's really deep. It's all about dehumanizing. That's what I realized. It's all to dehumanize us, to make us look like peasants, to make us feel like we animals. Yes, we are mammals. I get all that shit, but come on, yo. Like the way they convince us and they they the fear tactics they use on women to convince them to get C-sections to, you know, make them feel like oh your baby's in trouble, hurry up and do this and women just give the power to doctors because they went to school and they know the stuff and that we got to trust them because I don't know anything like that. So it's so easy to convince human beings and women to do something that they're not even fully educated on because they that you scare them. And I'm just realizing, like, yo, it's, it's crazy. I'm just thinking about all my, oh, well, obviously I'm thinking about my mom. <laughs> but I'm thinking about, like, my sister and my friends that have kids and my family members that have kids. I'm just like, shit. You think they've, they've experienced yeah, some birth trauma? Sure. <laughs> That's wild. For sure. And, yeah, just, like, the breastfeeding trauma. Like, um, I've seen my friend breastfeed, like, 
I was traumatized just watching, you know, like yeah. I felt bad, you know, like it hurts. You know, I mean, I don't know. It hurts, but it, it looked like uh, it was hurting her really, really bad. You know, um, it was traumatic just to watch her. And I was just like, dang, you know, like it's a beautiful thing. She's feeding her baby. And, you know, but it's just like, dang, you know, I know now that I'm looking back at it, this was years ago. But now that I'm thinking about her, I'm like, fuck, she's probably dealing with a lot of shit I had no idea about, you know. Mm. Whew. That was heavy, man. Shout out to her because I learned a Definitely. lot. I learned a lot this yeah, episode. The fact that, like, I didn't even know a woman can breastfeed even if, even if they're not giving birth or anything. Like, I didn't know women can just have the ability to have milk coming out. Yeah, I didn't really know that either. Like, I've sucked some titties, okay? And <laughs> that ain't never happened. I can't with you. That ain't never. I'm just saying. <laughs> that ain't never happened. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, I never, I guess I never tried to get milk out of them, but. Yeah. Like, I didn't know you could do that. So that's it just, it's wild. Like I said, the dehumanization of shit, the dehumanization of human beings, women, and fear tactics, and the trauma. The trauma, that's really what it is. Because yep. when you can make people have trauma, you can control them. You can control people when they're scared. You can control people when you convince them that something's going to kill them or that something's going to happen. And it's sick out here, man. Can you imagine someone telling you, like, you have to do this, your baby's going to die? Of course, yes. How, how the fuck are you gonna feel? Do it, like hurry up, do it then, do, do it. Why, why, do you, it. why hurry, you even hurry. telling me? Exactly. Because you're not even thinking logically when you're going through all that pain, exactly. like. Exactly. And like I told her, like we, like society has have convinced, have society has conditioned women to not look at being a mother as a blessing, and they look at it more as a job, like it's a, it's like a full time thing, and it is a full time thing, but. The way social media has played a part, the way now women is like on every woman that's on boss ass shit and. The way they just the programming, the programming and, and yeah. women and women don't want to just be nurturers no more. I'm not saying that's all they need to be, but you sh when, when you're giving birth and you're dealing with it, that, that's how you're vulnerable. You need help. Well, it was crazy when she said, like, they've taken out the joy out of, you know, like it's there's like a system of looking at motherhood and there's like, you know, yeah. it's hard. Like you have to really. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That shit was deep. It's exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. And I love how she corrected us. And I, you know, I was telling you that oh we got we got a doula on today. Yeah. And she was like, nah, I don't Hard. like using the I don't like using the word doula. And knowing finding out that doula means slave, it's like yo, yo. okay, like damn, all right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not we weren't fact checking this shit, you know, but I I'm gonna take her word. I'm gonna take Definitely. her word. I'm gonna take her word. Definitely. I'm gonna take her word. And if people are listening and they feel away, then you can slide in the DM or whatever, feel away. I don't know. You could let me know, but nah, like I know yeah, we have to get back to treating birth as as uh like giving birth as, you know, with with the tribe, being being in tribal. Mm -hmm. Birthing is tribal. And even just just decolonizing birth. Yeah. That like that's the name of this episode. Decolonizing birth. Because that's what she was, mm -hmm. she kept saying how like we just have, mm -hmm. the way we got, the birthing is a beautiful thing and the way it is now, the way you have it in the hospital, like the feng shui is on purpose. They have it, the wa the white walls on purpose. They have the, the bright light. Shit, how cold it is. The cold, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like a very negative atmosphere. This should be, you should be having some meditation music going on, some sound bowl healing going on, some like Dim neon lighting, lights, yeah. LED lights. Mm -hmm. On a pool, warm water, maybe get that get that lights in there too to make it look all crazy and Facts. it's supposed to be like a honestly I feel like a a pregnancy I I'm not a woman so I'm not saying like I'm like you know saying this is how it needs to be but I feel like giving birth it's kind of like a trip 
Like you're on that a quick little a mushroom trip. You know, you're just on a you're you're on a birth trip right now. So you have to kind of just trick your mind into believing, seeing things and believing things. And if you have women around you that are chanting positive affirmations to you and that are telling, yeah. that are giving you great energy, it's going to be a way more pleasant experience. You're going to feel way more love. Your baby's going to come out and feel all this love. Not like in the hospital, like how she was saying, that sometimes they, they take them from you. They go clean them out. They go put them in a tube. They go... Or the fact that she said some of them come out like almost like floppy, like with the epidural. Oh my gosh! Holy like, sh- that one hit me. I was like, whoa, you know. And if they don't have it, they're way more alert. Like she just amplified <laughs> everything that I've heard yeah. about pregnancy, but she amplified it, and made me like not only just real. Like she made me feel it. Yeah. When she said that C sections, like people don't understand the the layers that of skin that it goes through. I was like, oh shit! Like I never even thought about it. Like I just thought it was like an open thing. They take it out. But it's like nah, and then the the story that came into my mind was you know the this my coworker, mm-hmm. she she telling me she just had her baby and everything, mm-hmm. and she was just telling me about her experience and how what she went through, and then she was like yeah you know my my husband he saw he saw all my insides, and I'm like what do you mean? He goes yeah like he had turned he had turned real quick after after they gave you know they took the baby out and he was holding her and he they they were putting all my organs back in. And I'm just like oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> like for real like she I felt weak. I was like oh wait what? Oh, shit. I would not be able to see that. So now when she's saying like the the layers that it goes, I pitch, I remember about that story oh and I'm just gosh, like, dude. that's how really deep how deep they cut. And it's not just like, oh, we're just gonna cut it open and keep. Nah, nah they gotta take the 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 three pots out. You gotta take all that out and then put it back in after. Then come on, that's Abdominal just crazy. Abdominal surgery, <laughs> you know, oh like, god. Shit, fuck. That's what I'm saying. Like she just amplified all this shit. I'm just like, I was I was feeling. That's why I was getting goosebumps. I'm like, damn. Damn, like women, 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 like it's not just unfortunate the way they take advantage of women and Mm -hmm. the men that are just always involved in telling women what to do. And just it's it's nasty out here. And she made me realize, like, man, even even more. She's after hearing her. It's just like, okay, Chris, keep having the standards you have and find someone that eventually is going to be on your top of time. Because why would you want your partner to go through all that trauma and then bring you into that mess, too? Like nah, like I already got game. Like I need to, I need to move before I, I'm in that predicament. And I expect even her vulnerability and her honesty when she was talking about how she went to the hospital. A lot of people might be like, well, how am I gonna take advice from her when she had a hospital birth? And it's like, motherfucker, people grow, people grow, and people actually, some people actually out here trying to heal. This person's trying to heal. She she recognized the root of her problem. She recognized, oh, yeah. the 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 hospital messed me up, and the partner I decided I had a you know a kid with wasn't on the same time. Yeah, you realize shit later. It is what it is, but at least you realized it. And like I, even though how we started talking about Thanksgiving, how she was saying now she's at a point where she's realizing her kid's getting older, and like, do I really want him to carry on the same traditions? Like we, yeah. you have the right to change, and 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 you can create your bubble and your matrix. And definitely, shout out to her. Definitely shout out, shout to, out her. to her yeah that was an amazing episode yeah so if you guys are listening to it right now and you have kids and you and you relate to it please hit her up definitely yeah don't avoid that 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 trauma you may not even know that it is trauma but just don't avoid the fact that you might not just need someone to talk to find a community you might yo she might have a telegram you're in a community with a bunch of women that you know you guys can share things and tips and pointers how to deal with certain things and like I said, like women are conditioned to think that they have to go through this alone. Yeah. Like you don't have to go through this alone. Like back in the pueblos and shit too. Like it, all the community that's helping out. Yeah, dude. I I took a child development class and it was about birth, like birth in like different areas of the world. And 
super community, super with your, like, attached to your baby, like, at all times, like, just completely different to what we're accustomed to, what we're... And especially, what, and then she makes a good point, when COVID starts now, I don't even think about that, but how more women are having kids by themselves because they can't have nobody in the room. Yeah, my prima had her baby by herself. And it's sad. Her first baby. It's sad. You know, pobrecita, dude, she was probably terrified. Yeah. Terrified. And that's, dude, that trauma, that... <laughs> It goes, that's what I'm saying, it's deep. It's I, deep because you don't even be, realize you I'm have the trauma. I'm going to talk to her about it today, for sure. Like, no doubt. <laughs> it's just like, or soon. I'm yeah, going yeah. to hit her up and just be like, hey, like, you know, if you are dealing. And she she's really big on, like, mental health and, like, you know, right. things like that to, to that nature. But it's like, um, her having the baby by herself is super traumatic. It is. Yeah. It is. It really is. <clears throat> and, like, I've, I've said this in the, on the pod previously. That they're just conditioned. This new this new world that we're in, they want us to have the least amount of human interaction. That's why you see more Postmates. You see more mm-hmm. de- DoorDash shit. You see more curbside, curbside pickups. Yeah. Because the point is not to go in the store, interact with the cashier, interact with the other people that are shopping, you know, see other people, feel other people. That's that They're trying to eliminate all that shit. And now women are having children by them, like giving birth with strangers. That's terrifying. Strangers. Like, it's, it's so nasty. So I'm just, like, hearing her out. I'm just, like, just thinking about a bunch of shit. And I'm like, nah, man. My hat goes out to women because yeah, I'm like, yeah, I always make fun and say, oh, yeah, some women are birds, blah, blah, blah. But, I, like, I get why people are brainwashed. I get the conditioning. And not everyone is going to wake up. And some people don't wake up until it affects them directly. So if that means that a, a birth, <laughs> like, her, even her, like, she realized that the birth, her hospital birth, birth yeah. was what caused her trauma. Yeah. But like I said, some people don't really want to heal. They don't want to face face anything, problems. They'd rather just numb it out, just go with the flow. But that creates more more just more shit. toxic motherhood, too, with yes. children and kids. And it gets deep, yo. It's very deep. But shout out, <laughs> shout out to her. Shout out to her. Definitely. I was not, I was, honestly, I was expecting that type of energy from her. Like she, was, like she said, she's a disturber. She definitely came and disturbed Chris Piercy today. And I am mad at it. Shout out to Royal Mothering. Shout out. Shout out to you guys. We are recording right now. It's Thanksgiving Day. I don't know if you guys celebrate or not, but hopefully you guys have a great time with your families. Hopefully you guys are enjoying some good food, vegan or not. I don't give a fuck. As long as <laughs> as long as you guys are vibing now with loved ones and that and spreading love frequency and everyone's yes. on that same channel, then I'm all for for the festivities and coming together. Thanks. Get your drink on, get your smoke on, do whatever you gotta do to get get into your zone. And um yeah. Appreciate you, Amy. Thank you for making for the sure, time man. for coming out here. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, we'll yeah. see y'all next week. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Conspiracy.com. I'll have all her information in the description. If you guys want to reach out to her, her at and everything you want to follow, get familiar with her, all that good stuff. So shout out to Royal Mother. We out of here. Conspiracy. Folders in your bags, it's the end of class. Good looking, Chris X Matt. We'll be sure to make it back for the next session that you're hosting. See you right in the next show. And grab your folders in your bags, it's the end of class. Good looking, Chris X Matt. We'll be sure to make it back for the next session that you're hosting. See you right in the next show. And